Everybody standing. Let's go into the word of God tonight. The devil's mad tonight. He is. He's trying to take my voice because I'm about to preach a thus says the Lord to us. Yes, I am. Revelation chapter 3, please. Tonight I'm, I'd like to minister a message that the Lord gave me on Monday night in prayer. And I believe it is for this, for this house. If you're visiting with us tonight, that's all right. Don't get scared. This is the word of God. And it is life and it is truth. Revelation chapter 3. Uh, today we're going to consider verses 1 through 4. Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Tonight I'd like to preach a message I've entitled The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. I want us to read it together if we can. All right, help me preach tonight. Ready? Read. I know your works. Wait, go back. Go back to verse 1. Let's be clear. Jesus is speaking to the church at Sardis. The word Sardis means the escaped ones or the ones who escape. The Lord is speaking to the church at Sardis, Revelation 3 now. Watch what he says. Listen carefully, y'all. To the angel or to the pastor, the word angel in Greek is translated messenger. In Revelation, the word angel really spoke of the pastor of the house. Are you clear? So to the messenger of the house, to the pastor of the church in Sardis, write the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. He's talking about Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. And this is what he says. Ready? I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Verse 2. Wake up. Read that again, everybody. One more time. And strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Verse 3. Remember then. What you received and heard, keep it and repent. Read that again. Remember then what you received and heard, keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Verse 4. Yet you have still a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. There are still a few in the house that have not stained their garments. And they will walk with me. Pray for me as I pray for us. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Help me now. To preach your word like you gave it to me. Anoint me, Father, to preach it, Lord, to your people. Give us ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the grace to apply. I pray that your word would be a consuming fire in this house. And that our hearts would be consumed, Lord, by the living word of God. Challenge us where we stand. Change us. Call us out of conformity. 
Call us out of lukewarm uh, statuses. Call us out, Lord, of sin and darkness. That we might walk, Lord, alive, not just in name or reputation, but truly alive. Speak to our hearts tonight, I pray. And we will be careful to give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Be seated. Sardis was a wealthy city. As I said before, the word Sardis means the, the, the ones who escape. It was a wealthy city uh, positioned high upon a hill. Please give me your attention. Its position high upon the hill caused the residents in that city on at least two historical occasions to become so comfortable in their fortified state or in their position that they would be overthrown simply because they grew lazy and lacked discipline. On one occasion, Cyrus literally had one of his soldiers scout the land to find out how they could penetrate the city of Sardis to overtake it. That soldier was said to have seen another soldier who was on watch drop his helmet down the hill. He found him escaping through a secret, secret passageway, and ultimately that spy from King Cyrus was able to penetrate the city with a group of soldiers, and they were able to overthrow Sardis. Sardis was a place or a town of luxury. It was a place of pleasure. It was a place literally where they believe historically that coins were born what you and I call money today. This was the origin of such a thing. And so when we come to the book of Revelation chapter 3, John the Revelator on the Isle of Patmos has a message to the church at Sardis, a church who loved pleasure, a church who ultimately had the finer things and enjoyed the finer things. This church at Sardis was active. They had a name for themselves. They had a reputation in the city. If we could translate it into the year 2019, they had a large pastoral staff. They, 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 had, they had thriving programs. Everything looked busy on the outside. They had a name and a reputation for themselves. They looked like they were alive, but inwardly they were dead. I wonder tonight if, if you were to truly be honest before the presence of God, if, if you could literally say that your relationship with God is alive right now. What is the condition of your relationship with God? It's possible to look like you're alive. It's possible to look like you serve him. It's possible for you to look like you're on fire and yet be inwardly dead. John speaks to the church at Sardis under unction of the Holy Ghost. Jesus has a word for the church at Sardis, and I want you to see it for yourself. Look at verse 1. Are you with me? Shout amen. amen. Verse 1, I want you to see because verse 1 tells us what Jesus knows about the church at Sardis. This is heavy. Watch. I want us to consider, first of all, let's consider the condition of the church. And to the angel of the church in Sardis, write the words of him, Jesus, who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. And Jesus says, ready? I know your works. Go with me now in the back, please. Follow me. Let us consider, number one, the condition of the church. Let's consider the condition of the church. 
And when I talk about the church, please be clear, this isn't just a message for Abundant Life Church. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. And I was thanking God as the Lord gave me this word. I cringed and I cried and I sobbed in that corner because I said, Lord, first of all, anytime the Lord speaks, it starts with me first. I have to apply it to my own walk with God. This, if you're listening to me and say, this is for her, this is for him, you're missing it. It's for you. If you're listening to me, say, well, I'm glad they came because this isn't for me. I'm alive and well. No, you, sir, are blind to your own condition. We avoid the deep searching of the heart. We don't like it when God exposes the deep things in our heart. That's why he told Samuel, oh, Samuel, men look at the exterior, but I, the Lord, I judge the heart. I don't look at what men look at. I don't see what men see. You judge on the outside. That's what we do. That's why when people come to church, we judge them like, oh, they, they look all dirty. They don't know God. And sometimes we see somebody that's nice and clean and has a big, shiny Bible, and we think they know God, and it's not always the case. So let's begin by considering the condition of the church. Watch what Jesus says. Watch. He says, I know your works. Uh, so let's consider, A, they had works, but they were superficial. Are you following me in the back? They had works, but they were superficial. Have you ever seen a seashell? Are you alive tonight? Have you ever seen it? How many have ever gone to the beach? Raise your hand if you've been to the beach. Everybody, right? I saw a meme the other day. It was funny. It was of a little kid. They were interviewing him in Spanish. Pobrecito, el chamacochito. You should have seen it. And they said, what do you like to do? And he said, oh, I like to play on the beach. He said, oh, yeah, have you done it? He said, have you, do you like going to the beach? He said, no, I've never been. Only in my dreams. I know, right? It was like, oh. Okay, back to the story. Have you ever seen a seashell? Pretty on the outside, colorful on the outside, hollow on the inside. Hello, Sardis. Active, busy, working, but their works were superficial. It's possible for us to be active in church and yet be hollow. Church, don't let your hallelujah be hollow. I'll preach that over here. Church, don't let your hallelujah be hollow. I hope that there's substance behind every time you say hallelujah. I pray that it comes from the innermost part of your soul. I pray that you do it in spirit and in truth. Every time you say bless the Lord, oh my soul, I pray that that soul is alive. They had works, but they were superficial, busy, working, active, but watch what the Lord says. He says, I know your works. I know you have reputation, but you're dead. So secondly, B, they had works, but they were superficial. B, their outward reputation, ready, because they had a name for themselves, but their outward reputation didn't match their inward condition. Church was big. Church was thriving on the outside. They had a name for themselves, but their inward condition didn't match their outward appearance. They had a reputation in the, in the community. Oh, what church do you go to? I go to Sardis. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. I love it because sometimes when I share the gospel with people on the street, I'm like, hey, brother, do you know the Lord? I go to that church and I'm like, I didn't ask you what church you went to. I asked you if you knew the Lord. I mean, I go to that church. I didn't ask you if you go to that church. I asked you if you know the Lord. It's one thing to know church. It's another thing to know Jesus. You can be in church and not in Christ. Dentro de la iglesia, cantando hallelujah, pero lejos del Señor. 
Con tu amén, sin tu amén, sigo predicando. This was a condition of the church. Busy, active, with a reputation, but hollow and dead. Man, this is heavy. God forbid that we get a reputation in the city of being alive, right? Because that's what the text says. Give me the text. Watch it now. Give me the text. Uh, uh, watch. I know your works. Watch what Jesus said. I know your works. You have the what? Help me read. You have the. Come on, read it con ganas, ALC. Ready, read. You have the. Of what? But what? Somebody shout, but you're dead. Put up the point there. Uh, can I tell you, y'all, you got to get this. Uh, what a believer is and what a believer does, Jesus sees and knows. Take it further. Ready? You can also say this. Ready? What, what a church is and what a church does, Jesus knows. I don't care if they have 20,000 in attendance. What that church is and what that church does, Jesus knows. Watch what Jesus says. Ready? I know your works. You can fool the pastor. You can fool the leadership. You can fool everybody. But guess what? Somebody knows. And his name is Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Don't scare them out. You're like, ay, cucuy. No, this is not cucuy. This is what you need. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, Jesus knows. You might fool me. You might fool the, your, even your, your spouse, but Jesus knows. Jesus knows what a church is, and he knows what a church does. I don't care if a church has the reputation of being alive, even if the church has the reputation of being in revival. Jesus knows what that church is, and he knows what that church is doing. Are you in the house? Shout hallelujah. Let's keep it moving. Oh, this is so necessary for us because we not only need to consider what, what the condition of the church is, let's consider now, secondly, ready now, let's consider also what the church is told to do. Because Jesus doesn't just expose the condition. He says, this is what you got to do. And I'm grateful. Let me go back to what I was saying. As I began to weep over the message that God gave me, I also began to thank God. I said, God, thank you because you love us enough to speak a word like this to us. If the Lord didn't care about this assembly, if the Lord didn't care about us, if he had abandoned us, he would leave us to our own devices. But because he loves us so much, because he loves you so much, he says, hey, I need to tell you right now, let he who has an ear to hear, I don't want to see you go out like that. There's still hope for you. A lot of people get a hard word and they're like, I don't need it. Don't preach me. No, you ought to thank God because the Bible says that he chastens whoever he loves. And that includes churches like this one. I don't want a reputation of being alive if we're inwardly dead. Why fake like you got to walk with God if you don't really pray, if you don't really read, if you don't really want to worship God? It's better for somebody to say, Orale, ponte las pilas. You better get on it. read something today and it's so true you want to spend eternity with God but you have no desire to spend an hour in church I'll preach that over here that didn't go over well that you want to spend eternity with God but you can't even spend an hour in church I want to go to heaven. Mm, mm, mm. No, you don't. What do you mean, no, I don't? Yes, I do. No, you don't. Why? Because what do you think we're going to do in heaven? 
There ain't going to be no, uh, open your Bibles for the, no, 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 no. You want to know what we're going to do? Day and day. I didn't say day and night because in heaven the glory of God literally shines and, oh, you're not hearing me. There is no nighttime in heaven. The Bible says the glory of God literally fills the city. So day and day, guess what we're going to do? Ready? Worship the Lamb. If you don't want to worship him now, baby, what you going to do for eternity? That's a good time to lift your hand and shout hallelujah. Does anybody love to worship King Jesus? Good, you're getting ready for heaven. I don't like church. And you want to spend eternity with the God that you low-key don't like hanging around? Well, I love the Lord. I just hate God's people. They're going to be your neighbors. So here's the instruction to the church. Listen, don't hang your head in shame. Thank God that the Lord would speak a word like this to us. I was so grateful as a pastor, I promise you. And let me just pour out my heart right now. As a pastor, I thanked God. I said, God, thank you that you speak a word like this to us. That you're able to speak a word like this to us. Because you know who's here, who looks alive, and they're really dead on the inside. We ain't preaching for offerings here, Elder Brown. We ain't preaching here for popularity. The Lord knows what's going on. So here are the instructions to the church. Look at verse 2. Are you with me? Shout hallelujah. <laughs> You're going to be at Del Taco in 15 minutes. No se preocupe. Verse 2, ready, read. Oh, you're not reading it. Ready, read. What does it say? One more time. Wake up. Here's what he tells us. Wake up. Number two, he says, strengthen what remains and is about to die. That means it's barely hanging on. It's not dead yet, though. <sighs> Let me tell you something. Ain't nothing wrong with saying, Pastor, I got to keep it 100 with you. I'm in church tonight, but I'm barely hanging on. I mean, I'm barely. You want to know why? Because the Lord at times, he'll find you in that condition. You might be alive, but you're dying. But aren't you glad that even if you're barely hanging on, there's still hope in Jesus? Clap your hands if you're glad that there's always. Come on. It might be late, but it's not too late. Touch your neighbor and tell them, neighbor. Come on, say neighbor. It's not too late for you. The fact that you're in church on a Wednesday night instead of at your pad watching ESPN, that means there's hope for you. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. In other words, you're working, but they're not complete. The motive is off. They're impure. They're empty. They're hollow. Verse 3 continues with the instructions. Ready, read. He says, ready? Remember then what you received and what you heard. Keep it. And what? Oh, y'all are getting real soft right there. Let's read it from the beginning. Ready, read. Remember then. Uh-huh. I skipped over a quote, put it up there. David Guzik, Pastor David Guzik wrote the following, and this is so, this is so, this is, this is, this is so timely. In his commentary, David Guzik wrote the following. He said, being dead... The church in Sardis, they presented no significant threat to Satan's domain. So it wasn't even worth attacking. They were so dead, they weren't even getting attacked by the enemy anymore. It wasn't even worth attacking because they posed no threat to the devil's kingdom. If you don't feel like you're under attack, 
check yourself. It's a good preaching. If you don't feel like you're under attack every day in your mind, how many know what it's like to get attacked in your mind every day? Wave at me. Come on now. I'm in the right building. How many know what it's like to get attacked by the enemy? You just feel attacked by your enemy. Come on. He's just trying to take you out. How many know what it's like to be attacked? Good. You're like, what? This is the wrong church. I'm trying to escape the attacks. If the enemy's attacking you, good. That means you're a threat to him. If he's trying to shut your mouth, good. That means, come on, that means you ought to sing all the louder. If he's trying to destroy your family, come on, that's a good sign. That means that your family is a threat to his demonic kingdom. You ought to get glad. See, see we're trying to escape the attack. The attack is confirmation and affirmation that the Lord's hand is on your life. I'm going to say it one more time to somebody in the, in the back. The attack is affirmation and confirmation that God's hand is on your life. I'm going to come back all the way to the front. The attack is affirmation and confirmation that God's hand is on your life. Is he attacking your family? Yeah. Thank God then because that only means that he is with you. Somebody shout hallelujah. What would happen? Just confuse your enemy tonight and start thanking God for every attack over you. God, I thank you that the enemy is mad. God, I thank you that we're still a threat to him. God, I thank you for the opposition. I thank you, Lord, because it only confirms and affirms that you are with us. God, I thank you for every attack. I thank you for every assignment because I can stand on your word and say that no weapon, I feel the Holy Ghost, that no weapon formed against me will prosper. Hallelujah. And every tongue that rises up against me, you will condemn for this is the inheritance of the servant of the law I'd like to assume that this church is a threat to the enemy my mom rest in peace pastor Alice you saw always say Ronan and my dad can attest what did mom always say the devil has always tried to shut this church down since we began he's always attacked this church I don't care when we, we when we only had five members and those five members were our own family when we didn't have no money no member no nothing the enemy was always trying to work it always opposing always pushing back but guess what we're here and we're going from glory to glory hallelujah because the gates of hell I wish I had a church in here the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of the living God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hey, Pastor, you get excited. Por qué, por qué, por qué gritas tanto? You're shouting at the chivas. Here are the instructions. Follow me now. Hey, ready? He says, keep watch. That's what your Bible says. King James says, keep watch. ESV says, wake up. Chicano says, ponte trucha. That's right. That's right. Wake up. Wake up. King James says, keep watch. As I, was, as I was writing down, because this is kind of how it works. It's kind of trippy. The Lord takes us, he takes us to the word, right? He takes us to the word, he begins to speak, and then he begins to illuminate the text. That means that it becomes alive. That's when logos becomes rhema. Ramiro's always texting me, what does rhema mean again? What does rhema mean again? What does logos mean? And I said, logos is the written word, right? Logo, but logos becomes rhema. That means it becomes alive in your spirit. The Lord, the spirit of God leads you and guides you into all truth, not something outside of truth. From truth, watch, he illuminates the text. 
and he speaks to you through his word. So I just jot down as, as the spirit of God so faithfully, so faithful to do it. And he said, son, what, understand that they were overcome. The city was overtaken because they weren't keeping watch. So here's the word to Sardis. Wake up. Another translation. Keep watch. You're not watching what you're letting into your house. You're asleep at the door. We don't know what our kids have on their cell phones anymore. We don't know where they're going, what they're listening to, what they're singing. You ought to have a random come to Jesus meeting with your children. Dame tu teléfono. ¿Cómo es mío? Mío. Who pays it? Take that phone. Slide through the DMs. What are they watching? What's on their iPad? Were they messing with at school? Because the devil's playing for keeps. This isn't popular, I know. But stay with me. Keep watch. How many of you would let an intruder into your home? Talk to me, Mando. I, I, you have a beautiful pad. I love watching your pad. And I see, I've seen you, you planted grass. And I love watching you cut it and all that. Now, would you let a random stranger go into your house? You sure? Would you let them just come and destroy everything you work for? Kidnap your children? Would you let them do that? Then why is it that we don't do it spiritually? Keep watch. Watch. On multiple occasions, Jesus told the disciples, ready? Watch and pray. When Jesus was about to go to the cross, it's not in the notes, when Jesus was about to go to the cross, he said, wait here, I'm going to go pray. And when he came back, he found Peter and John, ready? Dormidos, sleeping. And he said, you couldn't pray for an hour. And another occasion in Luke chapter 20, y'all are real quiet. Don't get sad up in here. This isn't like, you're like, oh, there come him, pa. No, you don't want me to leave you in peace. You want me to leave you dead. Watch what Luke says. And Luke, you should have the text for, watch it on another occasion. Jesus is saying, keep watch. Ready? Help me read it so you know I'm not preaching lies. Ready? Read. But with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life that the day come upon you suddenly like uh, the, the Lord has been speaking to me all, all day long it's like it's coming 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 when I, when I, was, when I was brushing my teeth before service uh, the spirit of God just boop, just airmailed like uh, there were ten virgins right brother Gary ten virgins the bridegroom the call went out the bridegroom cometh Help me, Chito, you, you, you study the Bible. The ten virgins, is that what the Bible said? There were ten virgins, and the, and the call went out. The bridegroom's coming, right? And what happened? Only, only five had what? Oil. But this afternoon, the Lord said, but all ten were virgins. I got to walk all the way to the back for this. All ten were virgins. Don't miss this. Ten were virgins. Come on, 
but they weren't ready. Virgin, but not prepared. Virgin, but no oil. I'm going to leave that alone. Maybe that was just for me. But let me give you this. If a lot of times we, we're so concerned about sin killing, but if sin doesn't kill you, spiritual sleep will. What? You heard right. It's not always the sin. Sin is not always going to be your demise. Ready? Spiritual slumber will be. Because as long as you're asleep, the enemy is going to come into your house. Why? Because you're not doing what he said. What did he say? Keep watch. We're not watching. Want to know why? Because we're sleeping. In church, spiritually asleep. So what did Jesus say to the church? Ready? Keep watch. Everybody shout, keep watch. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. Keep watch. B, we got to finish. Are y'all still alive? Shout hallelujah. Are you good? You good? You see, y'all should be happy about this. Like if somebody's trying to help you, somebody's trying to save your life. B, he said keep watch. Secondly, watch what he said. Uh, give, me, give, give me B. Uh, we, we're ready to that. That's good. Thank you, honey. Uh, B, he said strengthen what remains now. Number one, keep watch. Number two, strengthen what remains. Strengthen the things that remain. And this is good because there are still, that means that there's still hope for us. There are still things that are, that, come on, they, they might be weak right now, but, but now the Lord's telling you, strengthen those things. If you have trouble praying, now's the time to strengthen that prayer life. Come on, if you have trouble reading your Bible, now's the time for you to strengthen those areas that are weak. Come on, you go to the gym and you work out, you want to know why? Not because you're strong, but because you want to get stronger. I'll say that again. You go and work out, not because you're strong, but because you want to get stronger. That's why you come to Monday night prayer. That's why you come to church at 8 in the morning. That's why you sing. Come on, even when you don't feel like singing. That's why you lift your hands even when you're tired. That's why you're here on a Wednesday night when you could be somewhere else because you're strengthening what remains. Hallelujah. Strengthen what remains. Strengthen the things that remain. See, thirdly, he says, ready? He says, now, now here's three things that we need to do. Here it is, ready? He wants us to remember, then he wants us to retain, and then he needs us to repent. Look at your, look at your Bible. I'm preaching the Bible to you. Look at verse 3. Are you, are you in the house? Look at verse 3. Here it is, ready? Where's pastor getting this from? Right there. You can be assured of this. We're going to preach what's right there. Ready? Here it is. Ready? Here's what we do. Thirdly, ready? Read. That's only 10. Everybody together. Ready? Read. Stop. Number one, we remember. Somebody shout, remember. Remember what? Remember what you heard and received. That's the gospel. Paul said, ready? If anybody comes and preaches a different gospel than the one that you heard from me, let him be a curse. Let him be an athema, anatema. If anybody comes, si alguien te llega, si un ángel, si un ángel desciende desde el cielo y que te predique otro evangelio, que sea maldecido, anatema. Let him be a curse. That's how important it is. Tan importante es saber lo que es el evangelio verdadero. Tan importante es conocer la escritura. Tan importante es el estudio bíblico. Tan importante es la oración. So important Bible study. It's so important discipleship. It's so important your fellowship. 
You're not wasting time on a Wednesday. You're investing time in your soul. Don't ever, don't ever, I wasted time. No, you're doing the right thing. You go to the gym, yeah, that's good. You ought to, are you also working out your soul? Are you feeding your faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Remember then what you heard. Do you remember when you heard the gospel? Do you remember when you were saved for real? Do you remember how you wanted to be in church Monday through Sunday? Standing at the window, open, 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 open. Is that only Mervyn's? Remember then. Not only remember, ready? He says, number two, retain. What do you mean? Keep it. Remember it. And then retain it. Hold on to what you have. It's amazing when I meet people. I'm sure you meet them. They once believed. And now, what happened? What happened? Right, brother? Have you ever met somebody? They're once on fire for God, and then you see them on the calle. ¿Qué te pasó? I don't believe in God anymore. What? Somebody shall keep it. Come on, somebody shall con ganas. Shall keep it. Keep what you have. Hold on to it. Remember the gospel and then retain it. Hold fast. Don't let anybody take it from you. Don't let anybody deceive you, talk you out of it. Keep it. The gospel that you heard, the gospel that you received, keep it. Number three, here it is as we close. Ready? Lastly, ready? Keep it and repent. We remember what we heard. We retain what we heard. And then, here it is, Iglesia. Ready? Here it is. Repent. John the Baptist, hear me, didn't perform one miracle. Not one, not one. Not one. Didn't walk on water. Didn't heal blinded eyes. Didn't open up deaf ears. And your Bible calls him the greatest prophet to ever live. What? He didn't call fire down from heaven. He didn't say, the heavens will not give rain until I say. None of that. Didn't have nice suits. Had a weird diet. What you mean? The Bible says he ate locusts and honey. Crickets dipped in honey was his diet. Forget keto, he had crickets. Orale. What's keto? I don't know. I only know Cheeto. I don't know keto. Let's keep it moving. No fancy clothes. The Bible says he was dressed in camel hair. Ready? No fancy sermons either. No Instagram, no Facebook Live, no Twitter. He had one sermon. A hundred ways to preach it. One message. Here it was. Ready? Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. On Sunday, he stood up to preach. Repent! The kingdom of heaven is at hand. On Wednesday night, he stood up to a different crowd ready to preach, and he said, Repent! The kingdom of heaven is at hand. On Friday, he was preaching a revival this time, ready? And he got up to preach and said, Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And at the end of his life, when he was put in prison, 
when the Messiah took headship in the church, he had to lose his head. You'll get that when you're at, in your car. John had to be beheaded because Christ, that would be the inauguration of Christ, ultimately being then now the head of that church. And he asked from prison, I love it, he says, go and ask Jesus, are you the one or should I continue waiting for another? They come to Jesus and give him the report. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. And they come to Jesus, Brother Gary, and they said, John is asking us, are you the one? Or should he keep waiting for another? And Jesus says, go and tell John, the blind see. The deaf hear, the lame walk again. Oh, I wish I had a church in here. In other words, go and tell John that the kingdom of heaven is indeed at hand and has come now. Somebody lift your hand and shout hallelujah. Repent, remember, retain, and lastly, repent. Give me what I have left. We got to go home, Junior. And let's come quickly now. Hallelujah. People are asking, Pastor, this is too hard. You want to know something? The road to heaven is narrow, but it's not narrow because it's meant to exclude people. The road to heaven is narrow because not many people want to travel it. Narrow is the way. Broad is the path that leads to destruction. Narrow be the way that leads to life eternal and few there be that find it. You want to know something? It's not narrow because God's trying to keep heaven exclusive. No. It's narrow because people don't want to walk that path. But there's still hope for us. Hallelujah. That's your time to clap your hands. I said there's still hope for us. Come on, keep that clap going. There's still hope for us. You that are dead, wake up. I feel the Holy Ghost. Yo siento el poder de Dios. Usted que está escuchando en esta noche, ya despiértate. Despierta, despierta. Cristo está en la puerta. Y Él viene por una iglesia sin mancha y sin arruga. Prepárate, iglesia. Cristo viene pronto. Just came to tell you, there's still hope for you. Even if you're dying, there's still hope for you. Verse 4 and 5, we got to read it as I'm, and I'm, I'm done. Yet, oh, I, I rejoiced over this. Hallelujah. Because in Elijah's time, the Spirit of God had to tell him, hey, there are still some that haven't bowed the knee to Baal. There's always a remnant. It might be a small one, but there's always a remnant. There's always a few that are still alive. There's always a few. I shouted over this. I had church all by myself. Ready? Here it is. Yet, you still have a few names. Todavía hay hermanos. Oh, I wish you'd help me. There's still some brothers. There's still some sisters in the house. There's still some people in the church that haven't ready soiled their garments. You still have a few names. There are still some people at Abundant Life Church. Y'all didn't come tonight. I said there's still some people at Abundant Life Church. People who haven't soiled their garments. 
and they will walk with me in white for they're worthy you're not worthy because you're worthy in and of yourself let's be clear you're worthy because of the, of, of the blood of Jesus that washes you and cleanses you of all unrighteousness you're not worthy because you try harder you're worthy because 2,000 years ago a man called Jesus hung on a cross and died for your sin that we might become the righteousness of God through faith verse 5 The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments. And I will never blot his name out of the book of life. And I will confess his name. Ready? Before my father and before his angels. I love that. The one who conquers will be clothed in white. And I'll confess his name before the Father. I want to believe that that's me. Y'all are afraid to do it. You're afraid to say it. Why shouldn't you say, I will be clothed in white. And I will walk with him. And my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Come on, and he will confess my name before the Father. Remember what you heard. Abundant life, thus says the Lord. ALC, thus says the Lord, and let he who has an ear to hear, hear. I know your works. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Remember what you've heard. Keep it. And repent. For there are yet still some that have not soiled their garments and they will walk with me I will confess their name before my father and I will never blot their name out of the book of life strengthen what remains now strengthen what remains and is about to die this is the word of the Lord, Palabra de Jehová. Father, I thank you for your word. Tonight, you know, you know Jesus. You know what a believer is and what a believer does. You know what a church is and what a church does. You know if a church has a reputation of being alive but is really dead, you know. And because you know, you speak. And because you speak, we hear. And because we hear, we live. For man shall not live, for this church will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Tonight, Lord, as the angel of this house, I thank you for speaking a word to this assembly. I pray that those that had an ear to hear that they would have received the word of the Lord. That those who are dead on the inside would wake up now. That they would remember what they received. That they would keep and hold on to what they've received and that they would repent. That they would strengthen the things that are yet alive. 
and that we together would keep watch. Give us grace tonight, Lord, to keep watch. Give us grace, Lord, to keep watch. Give us grace, God, to keep watch. Not only over our homes, but over our hearts. Give us grace to keep watch over our families. Give us grace to keep watch over our walk with you, God. Give us grace to keep watch. Not only that, but give us grace, Lord, to remember the gospel that we've heard and received. Give us grace to retain, to hold on, to hold fast to that word. Give us grace to repent, Lord God, from those dead works. We don't want our hallelujah to be hollow. God forbid that we be a shadow without the substance. God forbid that we be a shadow without the substance. Revive us and continue to revive us.